You are Locked On Vols, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Vols, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. And there is a lot to get to on today's show. Wednesday was a pretty wild day as it relates to Tennessee, the SEC college football, and the University of Georgia. Cade Mays is coming home. He's coming back to Knoxville. He's going to play at Tennessee. I'm going to get to that here in segment number one. It was big news on Wednesday afternoon for the Vols with the offensive line. And the story goes much deeper than just the news of Cade transferring from the Bulldogs uh, back to Knoxville where uh, he grew up and played in high school at Knoxville Catholic. Now he'll be at Tennessee where his brother will be. Cooper Mays is on campus now actually as an early enrollee in the 2020 class. I'm going to get to that in segment number one. In segment number two, I'm going to go ahead and look at the schedules for 2020 and 2021. Give you an idea of what Tennessee is going to face as now we are talking about what Tennessee can do next. I'll do that in the second segment of the show. And speaking of what happens next, I'll talk recruiting in the final segment Tennessee is continuing to go after quarterbacks in the 2021 class. The The Vols don't know what that position will look like really this upcoming season, but certainly after that. So that plus looking at the quarterback battle for the upcoming year, that's in segment number three of Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, the third-party apps as well, Locked On Vols here five days a week. The news with Georgia began Wednesday afternoon with Jake Fromm announcing that he is declaring for the NFL draft. So after starting for three years, George is now losing its quarterback, Jake Fromm, who's leaving early for the draft. And I think it's a good decision for him. It's a big loss for Georgia. Now what the Bulldogs are going to do at quarterback is unknown because they do have some guys coming back, but they have very little experience on the roster. Could they go get a transfer? Who knows? But speaking of the transfer portal and options that might be out there word came out shortly after Jake Fromm announced that he was declaring for the draft that Cade Mays was transferring and there was immediate speculation about whether he would end up going back to Tennessee he was once a Tennessee commitment under Butch Jones then decommitted and then ultimately chose Georgia over Clemson in the 2018 class and then after that word came out yep He's transferring back to Tennessee, so it all happened very quickly. There was a ton of surprise in Athens. Reporters covering Georgia were really surprised because Cade appeared set to take over the starting left tackle job next year at Georgia because three players were leaving for the draft, and Cade was set to slide into that spot. Now Georgia has to replace four starters on the offensive line, so Tennessee gets a big-time player. Now, when it came out that he was transferring the immediate expectation was, well, he'll probably have to sit out this year and then would be eligible as a redshirt junior in 2021. And that may play out to be the case, but the story got much more interesting on Wednesday when word came out from the Athens-Clark County State Records that Caden May's parents have sued the University of Georgia System Board of Regents, the Georgia Athletic Association, and others, including a chair company, after Kevin May's right pinky finger was amputated because of an accident involving a folding chair at a Bulldogs team event in December 2017. The date of the incident was December 15th. Shortly after that, Kate announced that he was going to Georgia. So this incident occurred two years ago before he had signed 
with Georgia, and the lawsuit was filed on December 5th, 2019, so just over a month ago. And of course, a lot of people are wondering, wait a minute, the timing's kind of interesting. It took two years for a suit to be filed, and it happens right before Cade decides he wants to transfer. Is this some kind of play to try to get immediate eligibility? With the lawsuit going on and some kind of issue with Georgia, I'm sure the Mays family is going to say, hey, I should be able to play right away. And of course, Tennessee would love for that to be the case. The story's kind of wild as well. According to the complaint for damages that were filed in the lawsuit, I'll read you here from the story at ESPN.com, and I'll link it in the show notes if you want to check it out yourself. Quote, Plaintiff Kevin May's right pinky finger was partially amputated as the subject folding chair wedged against the column. His severed finger shot across the floor. Georgia offensive line coach Sam Pittman, who's now the head coach at Arkansas, picked up plaintiff Kevin Mays' severed finger from the floor, and it was put on ice. Mays was diagnosed with partial amputation and fracture, according to the complaint, and uh, he's right-handed at the emergency room. His pain level on a scale of 1 to 10 was 10, he said in the complaint, and Mays' right pinky finger could not be reattached, and he underwent skin graft surgery on his hand and continues to, quote, suffer terrible pain, and decreased use of his right hand. And you might say to this, this is all over a pinky finger. Kramer would say, Well, it's a valuable appendage. So all joking aside, it's it's a pretty wild story, and I'll be interested to see how the lawsuit plays out, but I imagine that Tennessee is probably going to try to use this to get Cade Mays eligible right away. I don't know how it's going to work out. You've heard me say on this show, I try not to predict how things are going to go with the NCAA I avoided that with Aubrey Solomon. Uros Plavsic, I thought that he probably would be eligible based on what Rick Barnes was saying publicly, but I still didn't know. And I don't know with with Cade Mays either. Now, either way, Tennessee is getting a former five-star prospect who has played a lot in the SEC. And if he were to be eligible, he would be Tennessee's best or second best offensive lineman, depending on what Trey Smith decides to do. And Trey Smith is going to announce his decision at 1 o'clock Thursday afternoon. We're going to carry the press conference live on the Sports Animal, by the way. So in the middle of Sports 180 on Thursday, check it out. Uh, We will have it. You can stream online or listen in Knoxville, FM 99.1. So Trey Smith's going to make his announcement. Either way, Cade Mays is a guy that he, he can play a number of positions If he's eligible, he could be Tennessee's starter at either left tackle or right tackle, or he's capable of playing either of the guard positions. He's versatile, he's talented, he's experienced. This is a big pickup for Tennessee, and if he's not eligible this year, that means you have a guy coming in to his fourth year in college, ready to go in 2021. I saw Seth Emerson note that the decision by Cade to transfer is kind of interesting because... Not only could he have been Georgia's starting left tackle in 2020, if he'd had a good enough year, he could have turned pro. So he's draft eligible after this season. We'll see what happens with his attempt to become eligible right away. I'm sure he's going to try. I just, I don't know how it's going to go, but you know, you have Brandon Kennedy coming back. You have Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, K. Ron Calvert, Jerome Carvin, Riley Locklear, Jackson Lampley, Chris Ockbrogane, all these guys that are in the fold, plus guys that are coming in in the 2020 class, with Cade Mays joining that group of players, you really have something to build on up front. You have a lot of four- and five-star guys, and that doesn't mean everything, uh, of course, but 
the talent seems to be there with a number of those players. And Calvert's a guy that wasn't that highly rated, but he has shown the promise to be a really good player, I think, uh, in certain areas. And he has a lot to build on based on this past season. So Cade Mays transferring back to Tennessee, that's big news for the Vols. What does it mean for Georgia? I don't know. I mean, obviously it hurts their offensive line, and they have a lot to replace on that side of the ball again. They have to replace Jake Fromm, which is the biggest news item, but having to replace four starting offensive linemen is not ideal. Sam Pittman leaving doesn't help. They did hire Matt Luke, so they still have a good offensive line coach, but they have to replace Fromm, four starting offensive linemen, and DeAndre Swift, who decided to turn pro they're kind of stacked at running back, so I'm, I'm not sure that's going to hurt them too much. And Georgia's still going to be good. Uh, we can easily overreact to news like this. And right now, we don't even know who Georgia's starting quarterback is going to be. But still, Cade Mays leaving Georgia and transferring to Tennessee helps the Vols and does not help Georgia. So good news, I think, for Tennessee on Wednesday. And uh, for Cade Mays and Cooper Mays, I'm sure they're excited to be able to play football together again at the University of Tennessee. Of course, online, Tennessee fans had a lot of fun with it. Georgia fans did not. Wild day on Wednesday with Cade Mays deciding to transfer back to the school he once committed to, the University of Tennessee. So coming up next, Tennessee schedules for 20 and 21. I'm going to look at those coming up next, non-conference and in the SEC. And how manageable are they? What should we think about the expectations for the next couple of years? That's all right here on Locked on Vols, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. One other thought on the Cade Mays news from Wednesday, which I know was shared by a lot of people. There were probably a lot of Tennessee fans that were looking back saying, maybe i delete some tweets I sent to Cade Mays or something I posted on Facebook or whatever the case might be. But also a lot of Tennessee fans saying, eh, what's in the past is now in the past. So uh, kind of funny how things played out. I, I saw the New Sentinel share the photo from signing day or, uh, yeah, signing day, I guess, when Cade Mays made his announcement where he rips open his shirt and has the Georgia T-shirt and there's Kevin Mays with the cast or rap, whatever it was, on his right hand because of the incident from just a few days earlier. My, how things have changed in the last couple of years. So uh, Paul Feinbaum tweeted out on Wednesday the question, with Jake Fromm going pro, who's the favorite to win the SEC East? Cooper Mays shared it and said the Vols are the favorites. And Tennessee's not going to be picked to win the SEC East, so Tennessee won't really be the favorite, but... Could Tennessee make a run at it? Could Tennessee in 2020 have a shot to win the Eastern Division? I thought I'd bring up the schedule for the next couple of years because by 2021 at least, I'm sure just about every Tennessee fan is going to say, hey, we need to be at least in play here. So non-conference this year, Tennessee plays Charlotte, Oklahoma on the road. That's obviously going to be really difficult. Furman at home. And then later in the season, Tennessee will host Troy. That's in November. Now something else that's interesting with the Georgia game is that, remember, it's later this year. Tennessee will play at Georgia in November. That's going to be after hosting Kentucky. So Georgia will be 
the fourth straight game for Tennessee after the bye week, October 17th. But the schedule looks like this in the SEC. Tennessee will host Florida. There's going to be a big buildup to that game, I think. Uh, Then after that, uh, Missouri at home, and then at South Carolina. That's going to be a tricky game. That'll be a tough one for Tennessee. Off, and then at home against Alabama, at Arkansas, Kentucky, at Georgia, and then Tennessee will finish up the season at Vanderbilt uh, on Saturday, November 28th. That's after playing Troy. Is that a schedule that favors Tennessee? Well, you do get Florida and Alabama at home. That's something that helps. And you get Alabama coming off an off week. So Tennessee will have two weeks to prepare for an Alabama team that will obviously be loaded. We don't know what Alabama will be on offense at quarterback. We can probably guess that they'll be pretty good. So it's really going to be a difficult game. Florida, I think, could be a winnable game for Tennessee. Of course, the Gators the last two seasons have beaten Tennessee by 26 and 31 points in those two games with Dan Mullen going up against Jeremy Pruitt. If Tennessee is able to pull off the upset, the Vols are going to have a shot. It's going to be like just about every year. If you beat Florida, you could be in play. If you lose, well, you have so much catching up to do. And Georgia being in November is really interesting because we will have seen what Georgia is for 10 or 11 weeks at that point. That Yeah, that's uh, that's game number 10 for Tennessee. The two games leading up to the Tennessee game for Georgia are Florida and Jacksonville and at South Carolina. I kind of wonder if Florida is going to be the favorite to win the SEC East going into the season. If you look at Georgia's schedule, Georgia has to play Auburn, which it always does, and that game is earlier. That's part of the schedule change. That game is now October 10th for the Bulldogs. But in week three, Georgia goes to Alabama. That is not going to be easy, and that's still going to be early in the season with so much change on offense, including at quarterback. And, of course, Alabama will have a new quarterback as well. So while we should not write off Georgia at all, they're going to have so much talent. They have one of the top classes in the country. They have a ton of players coming back. The news on Wednesday really surrounded Jake Fromm and uh, Cade Mays. Georgia did have its leading tackler announced that he's going to stay at Georgia instead of enter the draft. So I don't mean this to write off the Bulldogs. They're just going to be an interesting team to follow. Florida's a team that's going to have its quarterback back, Kyle Trask, and I think there's going to be a lot of optimism about what he could do Their West schedule is a lot easier than what Georgia will face. Florida will host LSU on October 10th. That's an LSU team without Joe Burrow and a a number of players that will be leaving after this season. And then go to Ole Miss with Lane Kiffin. That's much easier than going to Alabama, obviously. And then if you go back to Tennessee's schedule and look at it, playing Arkansas is about as good of a draw. It's probably the most favorable draw you can get out of the SEC West. It's on the road, but still, Tennessee should go there and really pummel Sam Pittman's team. That's the week after Alabama, and then you come back home and you host Kentucky, and you know about Tennessee's success against Kentucky, and then you go to Georgia. Tennessee, I think, has a really good chance from a schedule standpoint to make a jump this year and be able to at least go 8-4. and four. I think the trickiest game will probably be at South Carolina. Because Tennessee beat the Gamecocks this year, and uh, Will Muschamp will probably go into the season on the hot seat. There will at least be speculation about his future. It'll be an easy one to write off, but you do go to Columbia. South Carolina still has some players and will be very motivated to win that game. So I think that's the trickiest game for Tennessee, the one that the Vols need to be most careful with in 2020. 
And then when you look at 2021, I'm getting way ahead of myself, but why don't we? We have all offseason to talk about the future of Tennessee football. The 2021 schedule for Tennessee is so favorable out of conference. Tennessee will have Bowling Green, Pitt, and South Alabama, and there is one other non-conference game to be added, and it will most likely be a lighter opponent. Tennessee does have to go to Alabama and to Florida that year. That's not going to be easy, but you get Georgia at home, you get Ole Miss at home as your second West opponent, so Lane Kiffin in year two will be coming to Knoxville. It's a game that Tennessee should absolutely win, and maybe more importantly than the schedule, you're looking at an offensive line that should still include Wanya Morris, Darnell Wright, Kron Calvert, Cade Mays, Jerome Carvin, Chris Ockprogane, Jackson Lampley, and this freshman class that'll be rising sophomores. They should have an offensive line that's developed. You will have this defensive line class that just signed, Amari Thomas, Tyler Barron, and company, that will then have a full year under their belt. I don't know how good of a defensive line it will be, but I think up front, Tennessee should be good to really good on both sides of the ball. 2021 is still what I would say you should point to to say, can Tennessee at that point jump into real contention to win the SEC East? You try in 2020, but you still have to replace a lot of key pieces this upcoming year. It's not going to be easy. 2021, I think, is where you point to and say, the Vols should be able to win comfortably in non-conference play, and then let's see if you can take a shot at winning the SEC East for the first time in At that point, 14 years, 2007, the last time Tennessee won the division. Do you agree, disagree? Did I miss something here? You can shoot me a message or comment for the show anytime. I have my uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram pages linked in the show notes, so check those out. If you ever want to send me a question or comment for the show, hit me up anytime, and I'll work those in. I'll get a mailbag segment in on the show here sometime very soon. Coming up next... A look at Tennessee's recruiting moving forward, Tennessee's quarterback battle for 2020. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com talking about that next, coming up right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. This week on WNML in Knoxville, I had a chance to talk to Jesse Simonton, who covers Tennessee football and football recruiting for VolQuest.com. We're going to get into the quarterback battle for this upcoming year with Jarrett Garantano coming back and a bunch of young quarterbacks in that room, including newcomers Harrison Bailey and Jimmy Holiday. Before that, though, I asked Jesse about recruiting for 2021. I get back to that year, as that's a big focus now for Tennessee's coaching staff. He was down in Florida this past week with an event hosting a lot of 2021 guys, and I asked him, what's to that about what's being said about Tennessee football right now? Yeah, Tennessee's trying to to kind of make headway with, with some, some big-timers in the 21 class. That's not surprising. What's, what's probably most notable is how many guys you know, in the, from the state of Alabama that Tennessee is trying to make a play for. They, they, they really need to land, um, despite signing three running backs this cycle, T. Hodge, Lenneth Whitehead, and the aforementioned Javari Small. They, they really need to land kind of a blue chipper and a dynamic guy at that position. So Travion Henderson is someone they've kind of circled early in the process. He's a top, Rivals 100 running back from Virginia, played at the same high school as Daryl Taylor. He'll have all sorts of options. Tennessee also obviously still needs a quarterback. And, and Brock Vandergriff, the former Oklahoma quarterback, he has ties to Tennessee, um, whole family, all, the whole side of his uh, mom's family. It, it lives, you know, right outside in, in Quarantine. So he, he, he was up here during the holidays. I think Tennessee has some, some catching up to do there with Georgia and Florida particularly. But the Vols will, will make a play there. 
uh, and elsewhere, it's kind of, you know, talking to some of the big defensive linemen and, and a guy like Peyton Page in North Carolina, who is, is a fringe four or five star prospect, holds the balls in very high regard. I think that's shaping up early in the process to be a Tennessee, Clemson, UNC battle. Quarterback is going to be really interesting in recruiting for 2021 because Harrison Bailey's on campus. But uh, as you mentioned, no doubt, uh, Vandergriff, especially with him being such a highly tatted player, but that's still a big need for Tennessee because you also don't know how that quarterback room could change beyond this year with Garantano being a senior coming up and somebody, at least one player, could decide to transfer maybe more in the next year. Yeah, I kind of teased it in my in my review piece uh, that came out Friday evening, kind of re- recapping the Indiana, the, the Tennessee's win over Indiana, the Gator Bowl, and, and you know, Jared Garantano's up and down performance again. And there'll be many more words written and, and discussed on this as we, you know, get closer to spring practice. But spring is going to be fa- fascinating, I think, with that quarterback room in particular because right now everyone is set to return, plus you're adding a guy and, you know, a potential five-star in Harrison Bailey to the mix. Jimmy Holiday will also be on campus, and he will start his career at quarterback. So that's a pretty full room. But I think once we exit the spring, that room is not going to look the same. You know, JT Shroud is a popular guy. Many expect it to ultimately transfer. We'll see what happens there. But he could end up deciding to stay, and a guy like Brian Maurer could, could decide to leave. So, how the, the, those dominoes affect, uh, you know, fall of 2020 and then also affect 2021 will, will be pretty fascinating because you're going to see most of these quarterbacks in the 21 class that they're not already off the board. And many of Tennessee's targets, a guy like Drake May, uh, you know, have already committed elsewhere. Brock Vandergriff, some of these other guys, you know, they're likely to make a decision in early summer. So that kind of puts them smack dab in the middle between what happens in the spring and then before the fall of, you know, the, the next season kicks around. The quarterback conversation itself, that's just, that has to be separated from the rest of the team, wouldn't you say, considering the amount of opinions that are out there on it? It does. And, and you know, the, I almost think that, that that discussion is going to be hard to really parse, too, because while the expectations are so high for a guy like Harrison Bailey, especially coming off you know, a state championship, likely to get a fifth star, um, he's a guy that Tennessee fans have known about excuse me, for a long time. Uh, but if Garantano comes back, even despite his struggles against IU, one would surmise that he would still at least uh, get the first crack at the starting job. I don't, I don't think J.G., uh, would return to Tennessee if, if that was not the case. So that, that'll be kind of fascinating. And then, obviously, what happens with the guys behind those guys, like the Brian Mowers and the J.T. Shrouds? How much opportunities are they getting uh, at Tennessee, or do they go kind of seek uh, pastors elsewhere? Yeah, busy offseason ahead. As you can tell, recruiting over the next few weeks, heading into the final signing day for the 2020 class as well. Jesse Simonton and his uh, teammates there at VolQuest.com have you covered. Also, you can follow Jesse on Twitter at Jesse R.E. Simonton. Jesse, appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Josh. Jesse Simonton of AllQuest.com. Wednesday was a big day with news. Today will include the news of Trey Smith and his decision. Does he go to the NFL or does he return for his senior season? I've thought for a long time that he just has to go and he probably will. I think that's been the expectation for most. But let's see what he has to say. At 1 o'clock, Trey will announce his decision. We're going to carry that live on FM 99.1, The Sports Animal, on Sports 180. And I'll, of course, be back tomorrow to talk about the impact either way 
with Trey Smith's decision. So, so much going on right now with Tennessee football. I'll have a basketball preview for you on tomorrow's show as well with the Vols getting ready to host South Carolina on Saturday. So don't miss tomorrow's Locked on Vols. I appreciate you hanging out today. Continue to rate and review, subscribe, download, and spread the word to Tennessee fans about Locked on Vols here five days a week. Thanks again for hanging out. I'll see you tomorrow.